Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pete notes that America wants Stafford to go back to Detroit, take on my Detroit Lions. I did not want to see that. I don't want to have to see one of those one of those uh, fine young people lose. My Lions or Matt Stafford. Oh, yeah, well, that's right. We all got our wish. Ahmed Fareed did not. It's happening. The planets are aligning. We got McCarthy dealing with the Packers. Yeah. We got Stafford going back to the Lions. Only thing we're missing is Flacco with the Ravens, which maybe that happens divisional weekend. We'll see. But what's up, everybody? It's week 18 recap time. It is I, Chris Sims, and Ahmed Fareed, the handsome one. He is here, the host of Football Night in America. We're here, as usual, delivering the goods, 10.41 p.m. on a Sunday night. To let people behind the curtain. Yeah. It's like the show that we did tonight. Like you, That show is hard for me to do, regardless, anytime. Because sure. It's, like, it's there's a lot, a lot of moving pressure. Parts. There's a lot of yeah. moving parts. It's yeah. live TV. Live TV. Yeah. You got the, it's, it's a fast-moving yeah. show. you got to dish out stuff to everybody on the show. Right. Kind of lead the conversation. And so it's hard enough kind of keep keeping track of just the results of these games yeah. sometimes. But then it was like the added layer of keeping track of the results of the games and then like the seeding and like what that meant oh, and yeah, who right. that eliminated. Right. We're going to talk about this and their matchup possibly against the next season. Oh, wait, yeah. they lost, so now the matchup changed. And you're yeah. you know, we're like, hey, four, three, we're about to be back on air. So what I do is when I am have a lo- like, a, like a moment where I'm uncertain about yeah. wh- where I'm going next, I just look at Chris and just go, go. Go. Just start talking That's what Chris, I'm please. here for. That's what I do. I'm all for it, too. <laughs> yeah. right? I, I try to tell you. I tell Marie of the same thing and I think I'm in the trust tree with Maria maybe you're learning a little bit right yeah. where I just go when in doubt like when it comes to a highlight or a game break or any of that I'm all over it so I'm always ready you are uh, I appreciate that I wish they could all see Ahmed Farid when we are off camera and he is reading and doing something because I'll do it here okay I just want to make sure I'm not stuck to the chair <laughs> Ahmed as he's like reading, if we're not on screen, but he has to read a promo, right? And he'll be like, okay, up next, it's the Bills and the Dolphins. And he stands and he gets low, like he's playing defense, full court press, and he sways back and forth. He'll be like, okay, next on Peacock, we got the Bills and the Dolphins. And he yeah. sways around like he's playing point guard for the Michigan Wolverines or what, something. What do you, Devin, and Jason do while that's happening? Do you guys I, make eye contact no, at all? No, like, we, no, happening? we really haven't. Okay. Uh, I think we all understand how stressful your job is. Yeah. So we're like, whatever the guy's got to do. If he's got to get in a squat position and rock back and forth to get it done, go for it because I think we all look at it and go, we can't do it. <laughs> I feel like it gives me a sense of like like urgency. Yeah. You're in the moment. You're, you're in the like game. I hear you. And, you know, I hear you. I feel you totally. I'm, I'm Listen, you're talking about me. You see when I do a highlight yeah. or something or get at the board, I'm moving everywhere, pointing 
writing. I mean, sometimes just moving and everything, you're right, keeps you kind of in the flow of talking and all yes. that. So it was, a, it was a difficult show to do, but it was a fun show to do because there's so much that happens, yes, so much was. to talk about, so many playoffs. Now, you guys listening know more than we do about the exact seedings right now. We'll know by the end of this podcast. You may also know, listening right now, yeah. more about which head coaches have been fired and which ones have not been fired. We have a pretty good idea, but we don't know for sure at this right. point. So, But what we do know is what happened in these games. And so let's go through all of them. That's our promise to you, That's the homies, what we do. as always. And let's just start with, I think, I think the most disappointing team in the NFL this year, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. They lose to the Tennessee Titans. All they needed to do to win the division, host a playoff game, was win against a, a, a very down Tennessee Titans team this year. 28-20 to 20 was the final score. They lost five of their last six games. Last year, remember, they won yeah. five games to get into the postseason, yeah. won a postseason game. Almost beat the Chiefs. What right? happened? What happened with the Jaguars? I think we've hit on some of it. I think we saw it today, right? You know, it's it's the defense, of course, hasn't been good. Okay, we've talked about their front four not getting pressure, doing that that type of stuff, right? And I think the shock today was the fact that you know it's Ryan Tannehill. The Titans don't have a ton of weapons at receiver, and they ran the ball, you know, big time. Uh, against this Jacksonville defense where you felt like right from the get-go, it was one of those games where you turned on and you went, wow, the Titans certainly aren't going, oh, it's week 18 and everything's over tomorrow for us. You could tell they were playing with some intensity and some ferociousness. And honestly, early on, if you, if you really just went blank slate and go, who's the team playing for a playoff spot? I think you would have said the Tennessee Titans, really, honestly. You know? And that's where Vrabel's dangerous. But the Jaguars, I think, with the way the defense had been playing, right? the Tennessee Titans came out running the ball, some trick plays. right? They did some things to kind of jumpstart their momentum and get going, which I think is a great job by Mike Vrabel. That's why he's one of the best head coaches in football, in my opinion. And then, you know, defensively, it just it's the the Jaguars are one dimensional, like we talked about a few times in the podcast the last few weeks. The O line is not the same as last year, right? There's been issues there. They haven't been able to run the ball all year. They've been one of the poorer teams in protecting the passer to go along with that. Let alone, I don't think their system is like crazy creative. So when you couple those issues together with not a crazy creative system. Vrabel's good at breaking stuff down like that, where he goes, wait, wait, there's not one area they really stress us in, so I could take away this and take away that with a little specific game planning, and that's the way it felt like, and it took Jacksonville and their offense a little bit of time to kind of get in a rhythm, uh, but that rhythm, it was too little too late when they finally kind of got going and started hitting some plays, and of course... They made some mistakes along the way, too. And yeah. I think that's the big thing, too. That's what Doug right? Peterson said after the right. game. He goes, I think today's game is our season in a nutshell. Penalties, missed tackles, turnovers, failed to execute in critical situations. Yeah. Carlito Frito asks us. He goes, what happened with Trevor Lawrence and the Jags? They were 8-3. They were and three. Would you agree? They're the most disappointing team in the NFL I, this I year? I think they're, they're I, you know, like, it's no, right. gotta... no significant injuries. Like, Trevor did miss a game, yes. You're right. I think they're, they're up there. I think when you look at that and you look at it through that lens, right, like a team that didn't lose a superstar, yeah. right? we're all disappointed in the Bengals, but we're like, well, you lost your best player in Joe Burrow. I mean, what do you think is going to happen, right? right. I, I, uh, I don't disagree with you in that statement. I'm trying to look here to see if there's anybody else that would fit there. Everyone else no, had a major injury. No. That I, 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 I think you're exactly right. Yeah. I think I'd put them in that category, right? I think the Eagles are probably heading towards that category as we, as we speak too here with you know losing five out of the last six. But, a, yeah, definitely disappointing. Yeah. You know, and, and just a, a team that had such great expectations throughout the year. And, and hey, today, 
Trevor. There's too much on Trevor. That would be my big thing too. I you will know say I get into that. I, 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 I will say this. Yeah. So, and, and, and I know that's what you said too. And, and even Devin McCourty, I'll take you behind the curtain again. Yeah, I'm taking a lot of people behind yeah, the curtain hey, here. Yeah. Um, he said he was like, "Would you pay him? Would you pay right. Trevor Lawrence? Right. You know, because that decision's coming up here yeah. for him." Yeah. And there were some throws in this game where it's just like, ah, yeah, this ball yeah. sailing on him. And I there were you. other times where I. I mean, I'm not the, the quarterback guru like you, but there were times where I'm like, could he extend that play a little bit more? It seems like he gives up on some plays a little early. Don't I don't forget know. he's been beat up. That's true. Don't forget he didn't practice the last two weeks. It's gone two weeks. I mean, he was a game-time decision today, right? Yeah. So I think that – I think if we look back at the year with Trevor Lawrence too, you go through the quarterbacks and go, wait, guys who played through the year who were the most beat up? I mean, we had Trevor injuries probably three different times during the year. Yeah. You know, right? I think we had the knee twice and a shoulder. So I think that, again, goes into they had to throw the ball too much. They couldn't run the ball, control the line of scrimmage that way. For them to make plays, he had to hang in the pocket and kind of just take the shots. I would pay Trevor Lawrence. There's no doubt in my mind he's one of the ten best quarterbacks in football. No doubt. I I think he's special. Did he miss a few throws today? Sure. Would you like to see him hit Calvin Ridley deep down the middle right at the end of the football game? Yes. Had a little pressure, throw the ball high in the air, guarantee the completion. Don't try to be so perfect with it is what I would say. Yeah. You know, he threw the two interceptions. Only one was his fault, right? The, another, the, the first one was Evan Ingram in his hands, and Ingram kind of bobbled it and then knocked it up in the air. It became intercepted that way. Uh, the second one was his fault. And then, yes, you talked about it. There was a few throws like slot out routes where I think he's trying to be safe, and it just – he lost control of it to where it looked too safe. It was like, well, you didn't give the guy a chance, right? Uh, but I think that was the big thing all in all. And, yeah, uh, you know, really felt like Tennessee kind of outplayed them throughout the day. And Tannehill and, and company on third downs were good, and Tannehill made a few big throws, uh, and they were kind of clutch when they needed to be. And I think that's kind of all they all, all that she wrote as far as Jacksonville and, yeah. and their year. It's one of those hard things. It's, you said the same thing about Baker Mayfield. is like he was playing when he was hurt. Uh, back in Cleveland, and, and you get this idea of him, and you forget the injury. You really do. Like yeah. when I asked you that question, right. I wasn't really thinking about the yeah, injuries. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you just... forget because he kind of sucks it up, and he plays, and we just kind of go, "Well, he's starts. out there, yeah. right, right." Uh, but Sorry. you know, all in all, he does. He's he's a super talented guy. He is, and you know, Christian Kirk got hurt during the year. That hurt them. Took him a little while to get Calvin Ridley going. I still think it's a bright future. They got to get the O line figured out. They got to get their D line figured out as well. They got to find another pass rusher. Whether they re-sign Josh Allen, you know, we know the first-round pick Trayvon Walker. He's a good football player. Do they feel like he could take the next step next year to where he can be one of the best pass rushers in football, right? Or do they have to go out in free agency and go? We got to get another pass rusher, and then we like Trayvon. He does a lot of different things on our defensive line, and we don't need to just make him a pass rusher all the way. We'll see where it goes. But like you said, disappointing year and scary division matchup. Titans end of the end of the year. It's a Vrabel coach football. Football team Ryan Tannehill realizes it's his last game. I'm sure you know this wasn't your normal like, hey, the year's over practice week, right? Tannehill, I think probably had a little edge. Derrick Henry, they feel like, oh wait, it might be his last game in Tennessee, and the team and the organization kind of rallied around those guys a little bit. Yeah, Pete notes here that in our top 40 and your top 40 quarterback countdown, eight of the nine top quarterbacks were from the AFC, and we said at the time, oh, well, one's going to miss the playoffs. In the end, only three of those AFC quarterbacks made the playoffs. Josh Allen, who? Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Mahomes. And, and well. Well, Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, Mahomes. Sorry. Yeah, yeah Mahomes. Yeah. yeah, sorry. I forgot, yeah, so I forgot number one on your list. Right. Lawrence got hurt. Herbert got hurt. I'm, they yeah. didn't make it. I mean, Deshaun, 
Watson. Deshaun technically is he made in the playoffs. It. He, he made it, so maybe it's 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 four. Yeah, you, know, you got to remember too. Remember the Titans punter dropped the ball that gave the Jaguars a short field field goal one time, right? So the Titans dropped a third down pass one time with Moore going over the middle that was going to be a big play, and he didn't get it there. Uh, where you know, again, it, I know the game was twenty eight twenty, but it was one of those where I think we all in the viewing room felt like Tennessee controlled the game for the most part. The Jaguars had a few opportunities, but did not take advantage of it and, of course, didn't play their best football today. And Derrick Henry, 153 yards and a touchdown, and after the game, waving to the fans, saying, Titan fans, thank you for the greatest eight years of my life. He's a free agent, so this might be it. Looks like it is it. Yeah. Tajay Spears ran pretty well for them. Definitely. So well, he might be the replacement. You know, and the, I do think Doug Peterson's got to go back to the drawing board about how he manages games. He's another one that I'm going to throw into the too aggressive thing a little, right? Again, fourth and seven, they go for it. You know, at one point, kick a field goal. You know, and 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 it just there's a little too much of that for me for them. I'm just gonna say that I know that I'm not always in the popular opinion as far as that. I know you disagree with me in a lot of that stuff. And I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying I think they overdo it at times a little sure. bit with the aggressiveness and going for it. I always say only do it if it's gonna work. That, that's my one rule. <laughs> I'm coaching. going for a fourth down. Uh, so one team makes the playoffs from the AFC South, and that team is your division winning Houston Texans, who beat the Colts 23-19. Uh, they win the AFC South. They make the playoffs for the first time since 2019. They are the four seed. They're going to host the Browns. You can watch that exclusively on NBC. Also, you can stream it on Peacock, 4.30 p.m. Eastern time. And this is how I kept setting you up on, on the show today. I was like, it's your, it's your man crushes all over the field. It really game. is. I'm so excited. I really, I mean, I mean, we know Cleveland kicked the crap out of Houston a few weeks ago. But it was no C.J. Stroud. They're a different team with C.J. Stroud. We know that. You know, he gives their whole team a boost, and, and, you know, rightly so. They know, okay, wait, we got a guy here that can make some plays, and if we're down a little bit, we're not out of it. And, hey, if he gets rolling, we might dominate a football team. So that gives the whole team and organization confidence. You know, there was a game the, yesterday where, hey, it wasn't easy, certainly. I was a little surprised the Colts ran the ball the way they did. It was almost like, it was almost like the Colts kind of went, I mean, not the Colts, excuse me, the Texans were kind of like, we'll err on letting you run the ball a little bit. We're not going to let you get the big play in the pass game to kind of break it open. Kind of felt right after the first play bomb touchdown by Houston, I honestly thought Houston was a little too conservative with the way they played the game. You know, I think you heard me say that earlier today. I was a little surprised with, wait, you hit a 75-yard touchdown pass, and then it was run first, run on second, throw it on third. And I think you backed me up when I said that earlier today, and you were yeah. like, actually, Chris, there was a bunch of drives after that that said that to your point. Yeah, I think there were like five in a row. Five in a five row where it was run point, on first, run, run on second. Run pass. Right? It's just that, that's not – if they're going to beat Cleveland this week, they're going to have to sink or swim with C.J. Stroud. And he's either going to have to go out and have a big day or – yeah, he might make some mistakes and turn the ball over and they lose. But either way, I don't think they're going to be able to win the game by being too conservative and going, oh, we think we can run the ball and manage the game against this Cleveland defense and offense that we know is ultra-aggressive and big play oriented. But yeah. hell of a job by the Houston Texans, right? Didn't run the ball worth a damn, but they stayed patient with it. It's almost like D'Amico Ryan played the game last night, or Saturday night, excuse me, to be a little bit like, hey, I think if it's close, we'll win in the end anyways, and I'm comfortable with that. He wasn't going to let his young guys make mistakes and blow the game. That's what it felt like to me. Maybe I'm wrong. Either way, great job by them and uh, getting the victory. I mean, shocker of shockers. Houston going to the playoffs, never would have thought that in August. If the Colts had won this game, and they really could have because they had the ball, they were driving yeah. late, they would have been hosting a playoff game. Um, what would you make of the end of the game here? Because a lot has been made of sure. the Colts burning that timeout. Right. 
Uh, so it didn't give them a chance with much time or any time on the clock to try to make one more comeback yeah, one if more they got stop. And, and you know me. I hate more than anyone maybe the fake try to get them to jump off side yeah. and then call timeout. And so I was happy that this screwed the Colts because we get that play out of football. Um, but I don't think that was like the headline of the end of the game really because the play was a good play and maybe he needed the time. To come to that play and it actually it didn't work. I think so. But it was right. a pretty good play. Right. I, I th- that's what it was all about. I, I think they looked at it at that moment and said, "We need to go for the win right now." Instead of being like, "We're so worried about the timeouts, uh, let's keep them and maybe not run our best play here right. on fourth and one." Right. I tried to say tonight when we did the highlight of the game, like, "Yeah, I know a lot of people getting on Shane Steichen about the timeout. I didn't love that either." But let's not forget the fact of the matter is that in the timeout he drew up the exact correct play, and Goodson, right? The, the, he was Goodson was the running back on that play, right? He yeah. was wide open, and Gardner Minshew should hit that ninety nine point nine times out of a hundred. I mean, it just throw it right at him. He's got a first down. So that's where I'm not going to blame Shane Steichen. And I understand the thought there. You're at the fifteen yard line. It's fourth and one. Here's our shot to score the touchdown and win the game. We got to make sure we do it right now. We can't play the. Well, hold on. Let me get a play in real quick, real quick. Oh, my gosh. Oh, hey, what's our stuff? You split. Oh, man, I don't even love that play. Hey, but I saved the timeout, guys. Right. I saved the timeout. I don't love the play. In fact, I don't even know if we're going to run it the right way. I had to say it so fast that it was so discombobulated. Totally. Right? Right? So that's the point I would think. Everybody, take a deep breath. I would have liked to keep them the three timeouts, too. They took the timeout. They got the right play. They didn't execute it. Shane Steichen called the right thing. He's one of the best coaches in football. That wasn't what won or lost in the football game. So here's the question yeah. on D'Amico Ryans. Yeah. He'll be playing Kevin Stefanski and the Browns on NBC 430 on Saturday. Uh, one of those two is going to win Coach of the Year, I think. Yeah, it seems like it. Who do you think it should be? I think I would ride with D'Amico. You know, for the fact of – Kevin Stefanski's phenomenal, right? I mean, he's a, they've overcome a lot. But, like, I think I just kind of lie on the – the statement of what I said earlier. Before the season started, I was like, there's like two teams I'd cancel out and playoff conversation. And the Texans were one of them, right? I just thought, man, rookie quarterback, a lot of young guys across the board, you know, rookie head coach. This can't work. They can't go to the playoffs. There's no way that'll happen. So I think from that fact alone and the fact that he just turned around the total perception of the dysfunctional organization, really, in one year, uh, I think he probably does does get the award. Yeah, you crossed out the Houston Texans and the Los Angeles. The Los Rams. Angeles. Uh, that, yeah, was that really the other team? Well, it was the Raiders. Oh, Raiders. and the Raiders. And I was kind of. I'm going to cross the Raiders out, but I'm a little scared of the Raiders for saying that. Uh, uh, yeah. And so. C.J. Stroud, offensive rookie of the year. Puka Nakua did get those records. Yeah. Most receptions, right. yards for a rookie receiver. Phenomenal year. I feel bad. Okay, I really do. I mean, Puka Nakua is an awesome player. C.J. Stroud was in the MVP conversation for 12 weeks of the year, right? C.J. Stroud, as a rookie quarterback, to go to the playoffs, like rookie quarterbacks go to the playoffs when it's Joe Flacco and the Ravens, okay? And the defense is like, well, they're fucking unbelievable, and they can run the ball down our throat. Rookie quarterbacks that go to the playoff, Dak Prescott, first year with the Cowboys, right? Mm -hmm. The best offensive line in football, awesome defense to go along with it. It doesn't happen like this, where it's like, hey, rookie quarterback, we don't run the ball that well. Can you carry us the whole year? And the defense, we're okay, but we're not great. We, can you carry us there, too? So that's where I'm just going to go, yeah, in the hardest position of all professional sports, one of the best guys playing it this year, 
was a rookie out of Ohio State, Tier 1, Chris Sims, quarterback rankings, C.J. Stroud. I'm excited to see. I, I think mm. we got to the point, and we sh- I should have mentioned this with the Jaguars game. Yeah. Like, you, you want the 14 best teams, most yeah. entertaining it's teams all in the playoffs. Go I mean, ahead. Let them know. We had, what, what was the thing we came to today? We turned on the Jaguars. We turned mid-game. on the Jaguars. We did. You know, you kind of looked at me, and you were like, I don't know. You know, I think you said, you're like, do we really want the Jaguars in over the Steelers? I was like, I, don't, I, I think you're right, Ahmed. I think I would change right now. If you'd ask me, I'd go, get the, get the Jaguars the hell out of there and put the Steelers in. I'm all for it. There, you know, again, it might not be the most exciting watch in the world with Pittsburgh, yeah. but you know, I think Jacksonville just really had no chance against anybody with the way they have been playing lately, and I, I didn't want to see that. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. So over in the NFC, the Dallas Cowboys had a chance to secure the number two seed, secure the NFC East, but they had to go on the road. On the road. They had to play on grass. Oh, no. But good news. Oh, gosh. They were playing the Washington Commanders, <laughs> and they beat them by 28. 38-10 to 10 was the final score. So we have, for the 19th straight season, it's not a repeat winner of the NFC East. We'll get to the Eagles again. We've already mentioned them a little bit here. We'll get to the Eagles a little bit later. But the Cowboys took care of business. Give them, uh, give them credit for that. Three straight seasons now with 12 or more wins. Uh, they, they, they looked the part. They did. They did what they needed to do, which is more than a lot of teams can say. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, hey, at the end of the day, Dallas is still one of the more talented teams in football, right? They're a top five talented team in the sport. They got some issues here and there. We know that. And, hey, this was scary to your point a little bit. You know, hey, it's on the road. They lost their last year, last game of the regular season. Washington's got nothing to lose, and they got some playmakers. They're a little scary that way. Washington came out ultra-aggressive. Remember? I mean, oh. the first drive, there was like four trick plays. You were like, oh, my gosh, Washington's going to throw everything at them, right? So that was scary in itself, and they hung in there for a little bit. Defense made some plays. They got the tip-pass interception from Dak Prescott, right? Hung in, but eventually, you know, the cream rose to the top. And, and I think that's what we saw. Prescott started to carve them up. They started to run the ball a little bit with Pollard, which was, was good. They need, to, they need the running game to be you know, somewhat of a force here. They can't just be Dak Prescott throwing the ball 44 times in the playoffs here. Not to say Tony Pollard's got to rush for 100 yards every week, but Tony Pollard, if he can have statistics like he did today, where it's just you run well enough to go, that's scary 
we got to worry about the run game a little, and now C.D. Lamb and company are open and one-on-one all the time, that's when Dallas is in their prime to me. So that was exciting. And then we'll see, you know, Dallas's defense be interesting. You know, they played good, really good today, of course, but Washington's a beaten puppy. Yeah. I'm going to be interested. Them against Green Bay next week will be a lot of fun. Green Bay can run the ball. Green Bay, if Christian Watson's back, got some heat at receivers, and Jordan Love has no conscience of throwing the ball deep and aggressive down the field. So that's where, again, Dallas is better than Green Bay, but Green Bay has some things about their game that certainly will challenge Dallas. Good job by the Cowboys. Yeah, that game is Sunday, 4.30 on Fox. Mike McCarthy says about facing his old team, quote, the drama of it I'm sure you guys will love. We do love it. Uh, I will not participate in it. Is he abstaining from this game? No, he just doesn't want to do the drama part. Uh, it's playoff time. doesn't matter who we play, to be honest with you. I think uh, I saw Florio talking about Jerry Jones was asked about Mike McCarthy and his future, and basically he said it was like, well, we'll see what happens here in the playoffs. Um, the, the good news for the Dallas Cowboys is – I mean, is this three years in a row at 12-5? and five? Am, I, am I wrong about that, or am I wrong about that? I yeah, mean, three straight seasons with 12 it's three more straight wins. Seasons, it right? 12 and 5. Yeah. Well, have they been playing – 17 games now for this three is, years in a row? Uh, yeah, this is it. Three years in a row. He's 12-5 and five, three years in a row. I mean, the fact that we're talking about you know a coaching change maybe depending on how the playoffs yeah. go or is a little crazy in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Okay? I'm going to give Mike McCarthy that respect for sure. All right? So uh, that I don't get. But you know, the one thing I respect about Dallas, they compete. They're physical. Okay? Uh, they have a lot of pressure on them. And a lot of that is because of their owner and because they're the Dallas Cowboys. And there was pressure on them today. And Dak Prescott included. You know, I know Lamar Jackson's going to win the MVP. But Dak Prescott put up a valiant effort and played some really good football this year. We know Dallas, that defense, that pass rush gets going. Playoff football. They're dangerous, certainly. Uh, good for them to win the NFC's 19 different ones. 19 years in a row is insane. Yeah, Dak threw the ball 36 times, just five incompletions in the game. For Washington, the consolation prize? Yeah. They get the number two pick. <laughs> they get the number and two pick. So, I think they're going to end up drafting a quarterback. You'll see Ron Rivera be fired tomorrow morning, right? And Bill Belichick be hired. Well, hey, listen, if I am Washington, you know, I, I, I understand I'm calling Bill Belichick. I might call Pittsburgh and talk about Mike Tomlin, too, and see what, what's the availability. You guys still like each other? You sure you guys want to be together still? Um, but, yeah, Washington, they're a team that – like we talked about with D'Amico Ryan and the Texans, they not only need a coach, they need somebody, a general, to kind of like, hey, wait, how do we play football as an sure. organization? Point us in the right direction. And that's what they're going to need with this next hire as well. Uh, yeah, they might say, uh, Bill Belichick might write back, though, and say, um, let me see what happens in Dallas. First, <laughs> you know, I just heard something really interesting about <laughs> Dallas. Uh, let me see about that. Uh, my Detroit Lions, they won. They went all out. So they went for the number two seed. And I am glad that uh, – the Eagles lost, and we'll get to that game. I know you uh, are. Because it made the, the Lions going for the two-seed a little more plausible, right? It was like, okay, at least you know you had to have the Eagles one of and Cowboys. Lost. At least the Eagles right. did lose, and so it's like it made sense. The Lions kept their starters in there. They all got hurt at some point. Uh, but they beat the Vikings, who did have something to play for in this one, by 10. So Detroit's going to get the three-seed. We do get the Matt Stafford Bowl. But I also want to call it the Jared Goff Bowl because he goes against his former team as well. Peacock, 8 p.m. Eastern time. And also NBC. Um, so the Lions, real quick. Yeah. I would have preferred them to rest everyone. You would have? I, I Absolutely. Okay. I would have. I didn't know you definitely agreed with that. I, I, I heard you say that earlier today, and I was like, I didn't know if you were kind of joking and being no. smart-ass Ahmed or, I, right. you, or uh, you know, Mr. Dry Comedy Ahmed. Yeah. 
But so you were you would have rather seen them. I would have rather, yeah, yeah, because the chance of the Cowboys and the Eagles both losing, that, I think, was very slight. That's what I tried to say all last week. And now Sam Laporta most right. likely is gone for at least one game in the yeah, playoffs, maybe right. more, maybe the whole thing. And I hate that because I think he is maybe the number one or two playmaker at tight end in the NFL right now. Yeah. Like you look at some of the numbers, yeah, definitely. Um, but at the same time, I think. Maybe this is the maybe this is why they're good this year. And Dan Campbell, and they're well, going for I it. They're you. going. They're doing right? dumb stuff right. to us. But it's like part of the magic and the I, secret sauce. For I, the I don't this disagree year. with your thought there. Them being aggressive, pedal to the metal. This is who they are. That's why they've turned the corner, right? The players have all gravitated towards that and been like, "Man, our coaches got you know kahunas, and this is awesome. Well, let's go!" Right? He he injected that energy and confidence into their football team with that style of coaching. Not scared of anyone or no, anything. No, right? Yeah. You know, when you said that one point today, I just said, "Yeah." I mean, I hear you. Yeah. I said, you know, Lawrence Taylor, if he was drinking protein shakes the whole career, I don't know if he'd be Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. He was better when he was going out and doing drugs and chasing ladies and doing that. Yeah. That's when LT was at his best. I know I'm making you uncomfortable now. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, hope the Lions don't need to do. That, no, but no, just, but but you got my point. Sometimes you're, you're saying, "Be you are who you are," and just maybe be it's it part of it. the magic of I the Lions it. this year. I was like you, and the fact that the the chances of them losing two games, you know, the Eagles and the Cowboys losing, and I'm just a believer in put yourself in the best spot to win the first playoff game first. Yeah. Don't worry about well, oh, two weeks from now, you know. We could get a higher place, or things fall out the right way. Three weeks from now, we could be at home. In the, how about just win, worry about next week? And that's kind of what the school of thought I was always raised in, and that's why I thought that. But, but I, to your point, I understand what they are and who they are and why they play that way. Josh Allen just ran a 15-yard scramble like and like ran through four guys like he was Earl Campbell. Um, but sorry. Uh, either way, exciting. It was a fun game to watch. You guys come out, big punt return, aggressive as hell, throwing the football, right? Came out with an energy where I was like, well, the Lions aren't – they're playing like this is for something. Yeah. And on the, the biggest thing is, hey, at least it gets you guys – you're going in the playoffs going, man, we played some high-quality offensive football today. And your defense makes plays at times. I told you during the game, the one thing I see that's different about you guys is a little more tactical blitzing and pressuring over the last few weeks, which I like. People are moving the ball on you no matter what. So take a tactical chance and gamble to get some people behind the sticks every now and then. I like that. Of course, worried about your defense. I mean, it's the second week in a row Nick Mullins has thrown, or, you know, second time in, what, three or four weeks Nick Mullins thrown for 400 yards against you guys. That's not a positive. Mm. But they do have a good offense and some awesome damn receivers there in Minnesota. We'll get to preview the Matt Stafford coming home game uh, all week long. So let's just end with... Good job by the Lions, though. Minnesota. Okay. Uh, eliminated from playoff contention, but yeah. it took until the final game and yeah. you lost Kirk Cousins early in the year and right. so good job Kevin O'Connell there and Justin Jefferson goes over a thousand receiving yards for the fourth straight season he, he missed, missed half the year seven games what did, he, did he, what did he end up with almost 200 in this game that's right? insane yeah he was at, yeah, it was 192 192. For 192 I like some of the catches he makes I'm like there's no doubt about it. like Tyreek Hill's got the speed but I'm like Justin Jefferson might he might be the best wide receiver in football. I, like I think when you talk about complete all-around game, he probably is, right? Yeah. You know, he can't catch a slant like Tyreek and go 70 or just necessarily run by you for an 80-yard bomb. Yeah. You know, but does all those things pretty good, yeah. right? Just not Tyreek level. But I think adjusting the ball over the middle, acrobatic, body control. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's double covered, but it's a big moment. Just throw the fucking ball up to him. I'm with you. I'm throwing it to JJ. JJ, you know, He's a special, special football player. Minnesota's close. Minnesota's football team is better this year than last year, like we kind of said early on in the year. They need 
Maybe a little help on the O-line, the interior part of the line. Get some people that can move some people in the run game. You know, probably need a pass rusher. Need some fucking corners badly. That's the biggest thing they need. They need some cover people, right? It was all Brian Flores' trickeration this year. They can never just play man-to-man and go, hey, it's a big down, let's do that. We'll see where it goes. But Kirk Cousins being back with those weapons, right? You know, that guy calling plays in O'Connell. Flores is the defensive coordinator, and you add a little spice to that defense as far as players. Yeah, yeah Minnesota, they, you're, the NFC North is going to be really damn good next year. I wonder if Flores is going to get a look for a head coaching job. He should. Yeah. He should. He might not get it quite yet. He might need one more year like this, right? But as we know, Brian Flores is head coach material. I mean, he, he went 10-6 and six two years in a row with the Miami Dolphins. What else needs to be said? Yeah. All right. Time for Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. No, nothing more needs to be said about that game. We'll move on. Uh, so this is what we do. we got two games. You know what we do. We're in the printing press here. We've got to have a headline. It's late at night, and so the headlines might not be as good, but Chris usually comes through here. We've got Rams defeating the 49ers to ensure that Stafford Ball rematch in Detroit. 21-20, a comeback win for the Rams. Too. Yes, sir. Nice, a nice uh, with Carson Wentz there. What is your headline for this game? Oh, my headline is the Wentz wagon. <laughs> it's back. I mean, it, it was really a pretty impressive performance by him. Not a, not necessarily like the easiest thing. The 49ers had a lot of starters playing early on in the football game. Yeah. Right? Now, the the Rams had one drive early on in the game that they moved the ball against that group. But, you know, uh, the the hang in there, he made some plays with his legs, made a few clutch throws, certainly. You know, uh, that was impressive. For a team that, yeah, it, I think it's just the culture of the Rams that impresses me. The fact that they're gritty, tough, they compete all the time. Sean McVay, yeah, we talk about his offensive prowess and all that, but the first thing with the Rams is they bring it, and they don't back down from a fight from anybody. And even in this one, down 20-7 to against the 49ers, you clearly could have just gone, hey, we're not playing our starters. Who gives a shit? We're in the playoffs next week, so what? Uh, battle back. And the big drive being the 17-play, 75-yard drive yeah. in the third quarter that, that brought it within the score. And then, of course, late in the game, Wentz hit some big plays, and they got the two-point conversion, and they pulled out the victory. What an end-of-the-year turnaround. 7-1 and one in the last eight games. It's their first regular season win versus the 49ers since 2018, so there's something at least right there. Uh, Puka Nakua went off. Mentioned that before, too. Um, so the 49ers already locked into that number one seed. Right. Uh, but they are this year. Are you worried at all about this? They are one in three this season in one possession games. Well, they're they're not that type of team. A little bit. That's. I think if there's one thing we haven't seen from Brock Purdy, it's like, whoa, we're down late in the game. Can you drive us back and do that? Right. They're a little bit of a in Shanahan era. A get out in front of you, and we're going to bully you and control the game. And if we don't, then it becomes very dicey. They definitely have a little bit of that in them for sure. And I don't think, you know, one-score games usually come back to the drop-back pass game, Hmm. okay? And I think the drop-back pass game is, like, one of the worst things the 49ers do on offense. And I don't mean that to be in a negative way. It's still really good. But we know they want to run the ball, screens, gadgets, play-action pass with Purdy, and then just the occasional drop-back. That's what the 49ers want to do. Uh, And, you know, stats like that, too. Can be a little misleading. What what is it? They're one and what and one one and three. Okay, you know they should have beat the Browns and missed a chippy field goal. You know Minnesota that was a tough one. So you know the little context to that. 
Uh, and then, of course, today, today is the other one. Yeah. But, so, okay, we're not going to put that on them too much. But I think there's some reality to that a little bit, that the yeah. 49ers are a play-from-ahead team, bully type of football team here. Uh, Mandalorian27 says, Damn, okay, Rams. Sean McVay leading the Rams to 10 wins with the second youngest team in the NFL. Incredible coaching job. Also, Kobe Turner uh, for Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's up there. He definitely is. I mean, he's been on a tear. The one thing I like about the Rams, I don't think their defense is super talented. You know that. Okay? They're extremely well coached. They do have size up front. Right? I think that's what I love about them. They're going to, though, if they have to make a run here in the NFC playoffs, they're going to have to play through their offense. Right? I think they have to protect their defense a little bit. I don't expect their defense to be shutting down your Lions offense next week. So what are they going to – what's the approach going to be? Shoot out, throw the ball, and just go for it, and we're going to run and do whatever we want on offense? Or are they going to take the approach a little bit about, like, hey, let's try to control the clock a little bit. Let's not let Goff in this Lions offense that's awesome, that moves the ball on everybody, and definitely has more talent than our Rams defense. Do we want to get in a shootout with this group? I'll be interested to see what they choose here. I think they're going to choose – Let's slow it down. Let's run the ball. Let's let Stafford pick them apart and control the ball a little bit more. I would think that's the, the route they take. Again, we will watch that game, 8 p.m., Sunday night on NBC. David Dave 87 says, Rams and Lions just stick it in my veins. And Cowboy 777 says, we need Ahmed's thoughts on his worst nightmare scenario. Realize Stafford comes to town. He's so nervous. It's and, awesome. And I have to talk about it on TV as an impartial member of the media. Um, no, it's going to be fun. I actually think it's going to be a good it, time. it really is. I've got to give a little play-by-play here because I'm watching. It's, it's under the two-minute warning. It was a long fourth and one. They brought it down to the zero point and called timeout. The Bills. The Bills. And then they ran the quarterback sneak coming out of the timeout and went for the win, basically. And it is really close. So we're sitting here live, 21-14, Buffalo winning. I know you guys know who won, yeah, but, but I'm sitting here live watching it, so you got to listen to me for a second. All right? So and if they get this first down, if, if it's an inch over the line, game's over. Game's Bills over. win, they're the two seed. Exactly. And it's cl- really close. He tried to jump up and got on a wave of people, and the Dolphins stopped the momentum right at the line. So we're going to see right here. There it is. Get back. The ref Dolphins is getting the players get back the ball, here. And they're going to the have Dolphins to go on a 60-yard drive to win it's the game. Short. They didn't it's get short. It's short. Wow, the Dolphins have a chance here. So where's the ball? They're on the third, the 35, basically. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So here we go. Two so. with the ball to tie the game with a minute 53. We will keep you updated on a game that you already know the result to, but we don't, so screw it. We're no. Gonna, we're into it. And they know the result of all the other games we're going right. to talk about, too. So we might as well just stay in line with what we do. So they know the result of the Giants and Eagles. And this one was one that you could. <laughs> you know, you picked against your Giants again, of course, I know, of right? Course so, I did. But you, I think you still could enjoy this one. Uh, Giants win 27 10. Your headline for this game chris is well you know there was this thing called the miracle of the meadowlands remember that right remember that this was the murder at the meadowlands that's kind of what it seemed like it was i mean i can't believe i'm saying it out loud like it's kind of insane but i'm shocked i mean you know it's just the eagles are so talented you keep expecting them to Oh, all right, it's the Giants. This is the week they're going to kind of get going and they'll gain a little momentum, and here we go, right? And you know, we've been saying it for five weeks now. It's, it's, it's really crazy. Giants in New York, right? A chance to be the number two seed and really get, get dominated, controlled. 
I mean, the team that was 10-1 and one in football, I'm not even like – I'm not even trying to overstate this, okay? 10-1 and one to start the year. We put out the warning signs when they were 10-1. and one. I know we did that. We told people it's not as good as you think, but, hey, they find a way every game to where we're going into the playoffs. They're the number five seed. And, like, I'm not trying to make any crazy statement here, but, yeah, this is what I want to talk to on the graphics. They're playing like they're one of the five or six worst teams in all of football. That's what, it's not just like, oh, they're playing like one of the worst teams in the playoffs. They're playing like one of the worst teams in all of football. And I think that's what's kind of shocking here, that they can't even regain the confidence or form that we saw even close to it earlier there, early in this football season. I mean, it is really bad. So now they're the five seed. They play at the Bucks next Monday. Uh, they had this game in week three. Philly won 25-11, but I, how do you even compare these teams from then and now? Uh, A.J. Brown left in the first quarter with a knee injury. We saw Jalen Hurts' finger was pointing the wrong direction for a long time. Yeah, then like he, nobody fixed it. It was like, what, guys, did somebody know? Like, can he tell somebody that he's hurt? Somebody tell the trainers? He just thought that, uh, the whole team thought that he, he was came flipping off the him field off. holding his finger, and then he got on the sidelines. They put the jacket on him, and he's sitting there, and he, it looks like he had to like stand up and go like, Hey, guys, uh, my finger's still out of the socket. Somebody yeah. want to come here? They thought he was saying, screw you. And they're like, all right, fine, you put your finger back together. He's like, no, I'm just trying to show you <laughs> where the injury is there. Uh, so who knows about that? I think A.J. Brown did not have – I think it's the early results are good on that. But, but who knows? I mean, it's just like Nick Sirianni said after the game, he goes, we're not quitters. When you get hit in life, you have two options, quit or get the F up. Yeah, that, that's what they can do. They haven't been getting the F up. They though. have not been getting up. And it's, it's just – it's not good on either side of the ball. To right now, I just go, like, wait, wait, what's the silver lining? What can we look at with the Eagles to go, okay, that, that's working. That works. Okay, I understand that. That looks good. But – I mean, the explosive plays they're letting up across the board, it's, it's insane. Oh, and then the Bills get an interception because, again, this is the thing to watch out with Miami. If it's not open down the middle of the field, you know, Miami's offense just don't, doesn't work that well. Right. And Tua had a chance, and I know you shook your head. He had Tyreek Hill down the middle. He was pass interference, but Tyreek should have caught it, and he would have been still running maybe. Yes. And he dropped it. All right, they called pass interference, and here it is, 21-14, a minute 13 left. He tries to throw a deep out route to the left into tight coverage. Uh, and Tyreek got hurt the play before. The play before the penalty? I guess it was the play after the penalty. There was one play in between oh, there. Oh, okay. Yeah, you missed one play. Oh, right before the pick. Yeah. Okay. So there we are. So Bills we, will be the AFC's champions. We will. This is a tease, and probably two minutes from now we will be breaking Sorry. down this game and talking about yeah. it. So let's just put a bow, yeah, put a bow, put a bow on, on, it. on right. the Eagles right now. It's like we're, we're far from the point where we're like, oh, they're going to figure it out, right? They're, yeah. a, they're a flawed team right. going into the playoffs right, right. now, and they've got to, like, gut it out. And they have the players – like they have the talent that can, can do that, yeah. But you just wonder how you don't. How, Where's the, the confidence level, right? Yeah. It's just hard. I don't care who you are. They're they got a lot of great leaders and you know confident, strong men in that locker room. It's hard to go into the playoffs when you've played like they have over the last six weeks and go, oh, we feel good. We're about to go on a run. I don't even give a shit who you're playing. You're playing the Bucks or the Bucks are, you know. The Bucks they match up okay with the, the, the Eagles. They certainly can beat them, as we know. I mean, the Cardinals and the Giants beat the Eagles. The Giants handled the Eagles. It wasn't beat them. They handled them. Like, that's what's crazy. And the amount of explosive plays we're seeing on this Eagles defense right now, I think that's the shocking thing. 
I mean, it's just Wandale Robinson. Oh, 30 yards. Oh, there goes Saquon for 20 yards. Oh, there goes Darius Slayton for 25 yards. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, I don't know what to do. they got to figure out something totally drastic. I don't know if you come out the next game and you go no huddle on the offensive side of the ball, right? Maybe you just go, screw it, we're going to be really aggressive on defense and blitz like mad. they got to yeah. change something with the momentum of their football team to kind of find a spark. And I think it's got to be something somewhat drastic at this point. They do have to play like they have nothing to lose, basically. In basically, this, you know, like yeah. not like you are the like you are the You're hunter. The You're not the hunter. We got to go anymore. for it. Might have to call a trick play. Might have to give a reverse here and there. What do you make about this number about your New York Giants? Yeah. they were five and six this season when either Tyrod Taylor or Tommy DeVito started. They were one and five with Daniel Jones. Oh yeah, that, that's not a great stat for the guy that you're playing forty million dollars for, for. You know, the next year for sure. Uh, I don't think it's fair. Again, context matters, right? I know we're in this world right now where we just like to look at the fucking bottom line. I want to go, okay, they played like shit early on in the year. They played the hardest schedule in football. They played the Cowboys, the 49ers, the Seahawks, the Dolphins, the Bills, right, when Daniel Jones was there. The rest of these guys got to play some other teams that certainly were more favorable matchups, let alone they got going. Their offensive line started to finally play. I mean, don't forget early in the year, Daniel Jones, we were back to – can he even look at the first read, or does he, should he just run as soon as he gets the ball, or just duck and go, blow the whistle, blow the whistle? You know. But, yes, those are things that are going to be questioned. And I would think they bring in a pretty big-time veteran quarterback <coughs> to be his backup, like a Ryan Tannehill almost. If he doesn't find a head starting job, a starting job somewhere, they'll bring him in to be the backup because, one, Daniel Jones has been beat up a little bit, and two, they've got to have some insurance policy to go, wait, if, if he's not playing well or looks like he did in the first five or six weeks, right, then we got somebody that we can throw in there that can maybe right the ship. Yeah, it's interesting to yeah. see how that's going to all shake out there. Uh, Pete is officially off the Daniel Jones train. He has jumped off. Gosh, Pete, don't do that. He's jumped off. Um, he's... He, he goes, but I could jump back on. He goes, maybe you could get me back on. I mean, we're going to get you back on. <laughs> Once you get off a train, though, it's very hard to get back on it. That thing is going fast. Uh, that was Give Me the Headlines presented by Hyundai. As promised, here we go. Sunday Night Football is final. The Bills get the win, 21-14. So now the whole playoff picture is set. The Bills, the two seed. They're the division winner. They get to host the Steelers 1 p.m. Eastern on CBS. Pete has updated Gabby back there as well. Good Way job, to go, Gabby. Um, so we have the playoff bracket right now. Cleveland at uh, Houston. That's on NBC. We know that. Miami in Kansas City on Peacock Saturday night. Mahomes is all ours. We bought him, and we said, we want you on Peacock. We own Mahomes and the Chiefs on Saturday night. And then Steelers hosting or uh, at the Bills. So, uh, all right, so let's talk about this Bills. Yeah. Uh, a lot of mistakes by Josh Allen. Interceptions, what? fumble. What? I mean, it's one of those where, like, we always talk about, I, I was getting ready to go, like, are we going to have to come on here and go, did the Bills lose? I mean, did the Dolphins win or did the Bills lose, mm-hmm. right? I mean, blown opportunities to start the football game. I mean, first off, the first interception in the end zone was pitiful. Pitiful by Josh Allen. He's got to be better than that. What's worse is that, and I showed you this during the game, the play before that where he threw it short to the tight end and he got tackled to the one-yard line. Remember, the tight end in the back of the end zone was wide open. So the play before he threw the interception, he missed a wide-open touchdown in the back of the end zone. Next, I believe it was the next drive. Maybe it was two drives later. Then he had the Stephon Diggs little double move on Jalen Ramsey up the right sideline. I mean, 
He's open by 20 yards. It should have been a walk-in 80-yard touchdown. Like, you don't even have to throw a good ball. But he threw it too hard, right? Let him down the field to where you kind of felt like, wow, the, the, the Bills should be up 14 nothing here. And they came away with nothing. Then you had the end of the first half, get to the one-inch line, not get any points, right? Then we had the third quarter scramble, throw the ball to Dalvin Cook, should have been a touchdown. And then I believe there was a turnover a few plays later after that. I think so. I think I might be off. Either way, he had the strip sack fumble inside the red zone the one time. I mean, it just was crazy shit. It really was. Yeah. So you felt like, oh, no, they blew their chance to have the momentum and win the football game. But they just kept hanging in there. And like we've seen, games that get ugly and grimy – this ain't a Dolphins thing. Yeah. And the Bills made it ugly and grimy. The biggest play being the punt return. I don't know if they can win the game without the punt return. The game seemed like it totally flipped on its head. Felt like Dolphins momentum. Oh, shit. Bills are going to return a 95-yard punt. The game's tied. And it felt like the Bills were the team flying around physical, playing with all the energy really from that moment on. It's really strange when you look at the box score. Because, right? yeah, you have that punt return touchdown. You have, I mean, two or through two interceptions in this yeah. one, too. Yeah. Uh, the Bills outplayed them. They had 473 total yards to the Dolphins, Kept 275. And, right. They converted 60% of their third downs, and so the Bills did a whole lot of things right in this game. They yes, just they messed did. up at the worst possible or, time. Yeah, right, or move the ball down the field, and we'd go, oh, here they go, or he'd take a big sack, or they do something stupid and get a penalty, and they go, oh, shit, they're going to have to punt. They're not even going to get a field goal opportunity. They had a little bit of that going on tonight, certainly. Uh, but the one thing that the Bills have that the Dolphins have yet to show is that grittiness, toughness, battle-testedness, you know, that, that's where they can lean on their past playoff experiences and knowing how to win these type of football games. The Dolphins, we've only seen win one game like this, really, in the Mike McDaniel era. It was the Cowboys game on Christmas Day, right? And the Cowboys are also famous for not being able to win grimy, close, ugly type of football games. So they outdid that one. We'll see where it goes. I still, I still think they're scary, the Dolphins. Them going to Kansas City next week, right? Kansas City's offensively challenged. I mean, Tyreek Hill breaks one slant. Waddle back healthy, catches one go route, and you go, well, they have 17 points. Can, can Kansas City score 17 today? Can, can Kansas City get, win a game against the Dolphins if it doesn't ugly like it was in Germany? I don't know. That's what was scary to me for Kansas City. Uh, but we'll see where it goes. It looks like the Dolphins are going to have to play in zero-degree weather yeah. up in Kansas City It's going to be week. in the 10s oh, there. Uh, Jalen Waddle didn't play tonight. Yeah, who knows? I don't he should know. be ready to go. Should be ready to go. Right. Uh, but it's going to be in the 10s. So, yeah. yeah and, that doesn't, that's not good Dolphin weather. Um, so, Buffalo, I think by the end of the year, I mean, we were wrong on the Bills. We both picked them to miss the playoffs. We yeah. were wrong. It looked like at a certain point in the year, it looked like we were right. Well, shit. I mean, it, it could have been, been right today. The yeah, right. The <laughs> Jaguars true. win. I mean, we, we could have we been true. right. Uh, but by the end of the year, that's the weird thing about this. Yeah, you're right. There's a scenario where they were not in the playoffs after uh, the game today. But I think by the end of the year, you look at this division, they're clearly the best team. I, I don't think there's any doubt. Right? Yeah. So it's like, yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, Miami's going a little bit, it feels like, in the wrong direction right yeah. now. And like we kind of talked about in our pregame on Football Night in America, I think teams, the good defensive coaches – or at least the teams that have the personnel to also do some of these things, they figured out Miami a little bit. You know, I will give Miami credit tonight. He stayed patient with the run for the better part of the night, which I think was a big thing, and I think he's got to continue to do that, Mike McDaniel. But you know, I think like we used to talk about almost with Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers, right? I, I'm really looking at the Dolphins and go, you can really play areas maybe more than any other team in football. 
Like it's it stopped the toss crack, it stopped the wide receiver screen, it stopped the middle play action slant that we showed on the pregame tonight, where they run the little pop pass, pop slant, whatever you want to call it. You know, if you kind of play those areas, they don't really attack many other areas in the football field. They're a little challenged that way. Mm-hmm. And that's what I worry about them, at least against, you know, really good defenses. All right. So the Bills and Dolphins, we will see them again in the playoffs, not playing each other, though. Are they? Maybe? I'm kind of happy about that, too. That could have been a rematch. It could have been a rematch. Game, it was a rematch. Right. And I don't know. You know, I mean, again, that's, it's, yeah, I, I'm not I a big fan of the back to back, let's play them again one more time type of thing. Are you a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers making the playoffs? Yes, we are now. Yes, we because are. Because we came to that. We, we were, it had to be the failings of another team, the Jacksonville Jaguars, to finally get us on board with. Mike Tomlin and the Steelers in, but they did what they needed to do against a Ravens team that sat Lamar Jackson, had nothing to play for. They beat them 17-10, Pittsburgh the seven seed, as we just mentioned, playing at Buffalo Sunday at 1 on CBS. So now, despite being a team that's just like, what do they have? Who Who is their quarter? They don't even have a franchise quarterback. They're all hurt anyway. They've reached the playoffs for the third time in the last four seasons now. It's It's, it's incredible. And like, when they turned the game on the other night, and I was like, oh, it's raining and sloppy and ugly, I was like, this is just what the Steelers want. <laughs> you know, now the Ravens won't be as fast, right? It kind of slows the game down for them, and it just makes the game uglier. And Pittsburgh loves ugly, right? But they found something here right now. You know, I think Mason Rudolph, I respect what he's doing. He was efficient as hell in that game in a, in a wet football game to be, you know, 18 for 20. You know, will hang in there and make some tough throws. Will hang in there and throw the ball into some tight windows. Najee was really good in the run game, got it going. They were hitting people. And again, I mean, we know the Ravens weren't playing many players, but the Ravens are, they're a pretty deep football team. Like, even, you know, they couldn't start, sit all their starters. Some of them are out there. You know, the Ravens put up a, 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 a tough little effort, but they just didn't have enough offense, couldn't get going that way. And then some you know, turnovers by Baltimore and some bad spots just set up Pittsburgh uh, for success, and that was kind of all she wrote in that department. Samuel Taysier asks you, are the Steelers for real with Mason Rudolph and have a chance, or are they one and done? I don't, I don't want to say the Steelers. I don't think I, they, I could be both here, okay? Well, they have a chance, and they're also going to be one and done. Well, I mean, (laughs) they don't have a chance, I don't think, to go real deep. Yeah. I do think they can win one game. At the Bills. I do. I mean, again, Buffalo's offense, uh, you know, 20, 21 points, that's kind of what they are right now. I don't think, like, they're going to move the ball up and down the field on this Pittsburgh defense. And Pittsburgh's one of those teams that's going to go, wait, like like you kind of talked about earlier, they got nothing to lose. They're going to take some chances on defense. Right, and this would be one where I hope T.J. Watt's okay because we need T.J. Watt to be yeah, healthy. If we want a close game, yeah. they probably need a T.J. Watt strip sack fumble or something along those lines. It doesn't sound good for T.J. Watt. It though, doesn't. Right? It didn't look good. I wouldn't think that he's going to be able to go at a hundred percent. I'm taking the Bills to win that game. I can just tell you that right now. But that would be one that I'd look at and go, eh, that could be a little scary. Josh Allen does some of the things he did tonight. Next week. Uh, their ass might be going home after that football game. We thought that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers maybe were going to be going home. The Panthers were staying close with them. All the Bucks needed to do was win against the lowly Panthers, and they would lock in that number four seed. Eventually they did it. 9 nothing was the final score, so now they do host the Eagles Monday on ABC. Uh, and, and when it's all said and done now, the Bucks have won the NFC South for the third straight season. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. 
right? I mean, actually a one-game better record than they had last year with Tom Brady at quarterback. Mm. Kind of impressive there. Uh, Baker Mayfield, they've kind of found their stride. This was an ugly football game. Yes, it was. And, you know, and, and to the fact where it was a little uncomfortable and you were like, well, Tampa, are you going to are you gonna let you know Bryce Young and the Panthers upset you here on a big game, big day like this? And and they, it was it was close. Again, the play of the day had nothing to do with the Bucks offense. The play of the day was Bryce Young scrambling out to his left, finding DJ Chark down the left sideline, and it looks like he's going to score a sixty-plus yard touchdown pass. And as he's going into the end zone, Antoine Winfield, Johnny on the spot, knocks the ball out of his hands right before he crosses the line, and it stops the Carolina from scoring a touchdown and kept the game at zero zero in a game where. Again, Carolina, if you can't run the ball, they are a handful when you go, oh, no, we'd like to, we, we can't run it, so now we have to throw it. And they want that. That's their kind of game. And the Bucks had a hard time really finding any flow on their offense throughout the day. Yeah. Uh, it's, they have won five of their last six games. Yes, they have. A couple clunkers, though, lost to the Saints, and this one wasn't great. But Todd Bowles now, Todd Bowles has his first winning season since 2015 with the Jets. How about that? Playoffs two years in a row, but yeah. first winning season since 2015. The upset was there the today. All right. With the DJ Shark fumble. Yeah. Bryce Young took a horrible sack at one point. When let me just make sure the game was six nothing, and he knocked them out of field goal range, and then of course, you know they were moving the ball, and Tryon Trianko strip sacks them there at the end of the football game. And again, those aren't Bryce Young fault. All of them, you know, it's a Carolina team that's got to make some big time moves in free agency and have a really good draft this year and, and try to support their quarterback better. Yeah, they do have the number one pick, but it is the Chicago Bears' number one pick, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, they have scored nine points or fewer in four of the last five games. And we were sitting there watching all the games, and I sit next to Jason Garrett in there, and he's become like a friend now. Yeah. And so I, I, I leaned over and I said to him, I go, hey, if they offer you a head coaching job at Carolina, I go, don't take it. <laughs> I was like, I care enough about you at this point. I don't think you should take it. Uh, there's, not a, there's not a whole lot. No, there right now. No, it's it's the, they need you know they got to devote a lot of resources into the offensive side of the ball. You picked a guy at number one, and he's got no support system. The defense has a lot of things I like. Right, they could probably add another defense alignment to the group. They got to re-sign Derek Brown and Brian Burns. That's going to be big there. And of course, get the head coaching hire right. They got an awesome defensive coordinator. They got some real talent on that side of the ball. You know, offensively. There's just not enough firepower, and that has got to be the big thing this year. Almost, I feel like it's got to be a little bit like Tua with the Dolphins when Mike McDaniel went there. Someone's got to go in there and go, wait, this guy can't just carry the team by himself. He's not that kind of guy. But if we put the right pieces around him, he can he can go the right place with the ball. He's got good feel, and we can become a dangerous offense. And I think that's the route they're going to have to go here uh, to try to, you know, verify, justify, whatever you want to say, Bryce Young and, and him being the number one pick for their football team. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. 
Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. As I mentioned, the Panthers had the number one pick again for next year, but they traded it to the Chicago Bears, who had a chance to eliminate the Green Bay Packers from the postseason. They could not do it. No. 17-9, Green Bay gets the win. So now they got the Mike McCarthy Bowl at the Cowboys Sunday on Fox. It's their 10th straight win versus the Bears, although this one was close. You thought it was going to be close, and you picked the Bears, didn't I you? I picked the Bears. The, you know me. I've been riding with the Bears. The Bears are my Cleveland Browns man crush team, right? I've been loving what Fields does. I love their defense. It's in your face, right? It's no nonsense. But there's no question here who stole the show, won the day here. I mean, the Packers, their offense. We haven't seen anybody do this to the, pa- the Bears' defense over the last six, seven weeks. Like, nobody. Right, so you know, again, I think I look at it and go, "Wow, they ran the ball like that on Chicago." Wow, Jordan Love sat back there and made some big time aggressive throws down the football field against the Bears and this defense. And I know Jalen Johnson wasn't there today, so that hurt them. He's all pro corner there, right? But uh, and and really, it was the Bears kind of doing a few miraculous things to just hang in there, right? Packers dropped a touchdown pass. They were driving another time. Jordan Love was about to get the first down, and as somebody was running by him, just stuck out their hand, and he fumbled, and the Bears picked up, you know, picked the ball as they were going out of the sidelines. Packers missed a field goal at one point. It was no doubt the Packers controlled the football game. But the Bears made a few plays, and he kept going, man, are they going to hang in there? Is Justin Fields going to make some magic happen? But never happened. They couldn't get the offense going today at all mm-hmm. in Chicago, and the defense looked like it was like, okay, gosh, we've been killing it for six or seven weeks. Uh, we're just ready for a letdown, and it was a big letdown today. 430 total yards for the Packers, 192. Yeah, eight points does not indicate how lopsided this game really was. No, and Jordan Love, over his last eight games, 18 touchdown passes, one interception. Magnet 24 QB says the Packer in the playoffs. Whoop, whoop. Jordan Love has been great recently. But will him having a penchant for throwing off his back foot and a flick of the wrist become an issue during the postseason rather than stepping up and driving the ball that's down right. the field? Yeah, you, that, that's right. Yeah, that's the right way to say it. Uh, I mean, that sounds like a uh, uh, listener Magnet 24 QB to the podcast here. I mean, certainly. Yeah, I, I, again... He has his days. He had Today was one of his days when he threw it off his back foot. He was on the money, right? But we've seen other games, like the Giants game uh, a few weeks ago. I'm missing another game where he kind of got in that mode, and you go, damn, you, just, you can't throw the ball like that every play. Pocket's clean, window's tight. you got to stand in there and get your whole body into it. Right? You mentioned something about that while yeah. we were watching that. Right. I, I, I said, I go, that's kind of his default. Like, I don't trust where the ball's going to go, so let me get in a comfortable position and kind of lean back. And it's like it's a lot of young quarterbacks do this. Lamar did it at one point in his career, right? I fell into this a little bit as a young player because you, know, you could sometimes, hey, you lose your way with your mechanics in the standard form, so you start to go, hey, let me just dip it down and 
kind of get it that way and you mm. start to get a feel for it a little bit we go i can control it right but you you don't have the same power and at, and and there's days where all of a sudden you're going to be like wait i don't have the feel for it today and now it's all over the place right and what doesn't really help is if it's like the elements if it's wind or a little rain you can't throw the ball consistently accurate off your back foot flicking it with your wrist all the time you're not going to be able to do that yeah. he did stand in there and make some throws today he threw a lot off his back foot but there was a few I remember sitting there going, damn, okay, there you go, Jordan Love. Stand in there, throw a rifle down the middle. The Packers are scary. They got the run game going. They got their offensive mojo going. Right? I know they lost those two games in a row, but let's remember that little Thanksgiving right run they went on there. We were starting to go, wow, their offense is creative. They do a lot of good things. Then they hit that two-game stretch, and we were like, ah, where'd they go? They've gotten it back. It's three weeks in a row of running over 100 yards, right? Jordan Love, last week was awesome. This week was good. Carolina, he made a few plays. Like, they'll be a pain in the ass for Dallas, especially if Christian Watson is healthy. Watch out for that because Dallas, we know, small up front, and if Green Bay runs the ball on them, they almost have no chance other than to let's load the box and play man-to-man. And with Dobbs and Reed and Wick and, and Christian Watson – you know, and Jordan Love, who has no fear throwing the ball down the field, yeah, that could be scary for Dallas. Dallas clearly better, but Green Bay is a scary matchup for him. A Compass Traveler wants to know from a Bears fan, damn okay, Jordan Love. I yeah. know Sims likes fields, but this afternoon we saw one quarterback that has grown, another that has not, or not as much as he should be, unless we blame the different OC and not having continuity. I mean, that really is going to be the $150 million question in this offseason for the Bears. Yeah. Take a quarterback number one or pay Justin Fields. Well, uh, 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 like... You take Justin Fields right now, right? I'm a believer in what he has done, right? I think the team is, like, ready right now to kind of take the next step. I wouldn't kind of go, oh, okay, let's start with a rookie quarterback and break him in, and now we can't even take advantage of all that our team that has to offer because we're we're kind of managing the rookie quarterback and we want to make sure we break him into it. Justin Fields has shown the ability to be an elite runner and – I'm not going to say an elite thrower, but a real good thrower. And you couple that real good thrower with the elite running, I would keep him. You know, we'll see where it goes. Now, listen, if they're sold that one of these guys in the draft, Daniels, Drake May, Caleb Williams, are like they think for sure he's the guy superstar. Yeah. Then okay, I can get it. But you better be fucking sold because if Justin Fields leaves. And then goes to Atlanta or something like that. And all of a sudden, he's tearing it up there. It's still kind of looking the way he did here after, you know, they had won, what, five out of the last six going into today. You know, you're all going to be wondering. And I kind of like what they've done right there. They seem like they kind of have a winning culture and a little vibe right now. Yeah, today was not their best day. I understand that. And I don't think, you know, hey, it's Green Bay. It's Lambeau. It's the Packers going to the playoffs. Uh, Desperation time for them. I think the conditions in the field hurt the Bears more than the Packers. There was a number of times where Fields scrambled, or I felt like he was about to turn the corner and he slipped. Mm. But uh, I would be in, let's keep Fields and go from there. The thing you mentioned about if you think one of those quarterbacks is like the guy, if you right. think it's the next Patrick Mahomes, because that's what Jason Garrett, he made the point to me, is like it almost is less about Fields and more about your evaluation of these guys. If you really think Caleb Williams is like, instantly a top five quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Now, and, see, what they got to be careful of, and this is where I'll throw caution to the wind, yeah. right? They thought Bryce Young was that last year. 
Yeah, they did, and they were this close to going. Eh, we might get rid of Justin Fields to go with Bryce Young because we think it's for sure he's the chosen one. They would have been wrong. They would have been wrong. So that's again, it's you got one in your hand. Yeah, I know he's not Mahomes or Allen, or you know Lamar quite yet, or one of those guys, but he's still good, and he is going in an upward trajectory. They have a good offensive system, and we've rattled it off before. You've said it. You scared. I don't want to waste any more time on it. The receivers are dangerous. The line is getting there. Cole Komet's a damn good tight end. The running backs are good. They got a ton of money, right? They got draft picks, right? I, I, I think you go for it right now with the quarterback you got in Justin Fields. Now, last year, though, if they would have made that evaluation on C.J. Stroud, they would have been right. There, <laughs> and they should have done that, actually. Um, so now we go on to Valiant and Victory. And Pete notes it's like Valiant and Defeat, but these teams won, but yeah. they also lost because we will not see them in the postseason. Right. Seahawks had to win and get some help. They won. They didn't get the help. They beat the Cardinals 21-20. to uh, Seattle was eliminated with that Green Bay win. This is a game where good on the Seahawks to come back, but the Cardinals also probably should have won this game too. Matt Prater, one of the best field goal kickers in football over the last 10 to 15 years. I mean, yeah, he missed a 43-yard field goal to go up 23-10, to 10, right? I mean, that, that was – or 23-13, excuse me. Mm-hmm. That, that to me, it was three minutes and change left in the clock. They're going to go up by two scores. It's going to kind of lock the game up. Prater's kind of been a guarantee, like, knock it in their guy. They doesn't do it. Geno throws four big plays. Boom, touchdown. They get the two-point conversion. Oh, shit. Seattle's winning. Then they drive down, and Prater missed a, a longer field goal. Now, I, I don't blame him from that. But, like, Prater, I, I was a teammate with him in Denver. 50 yards from him is nothing. He missed a 51-yarder. He's going to be pissed, I can tell he you. He is, like, 57 years old. Oh, now, yeah, I know. Well, yeah, yeah, I know. He'll be pissed, though. Like, he's yeah. the kind of guy that will eat at him for the next, like, three weeks. He's going to eat at him. But, hey, good for the Seahawks. Hanging in there. Ending the season off on a positive note, certainly. Uh, but, yeah, they're another team that got some decisions to be made. What are they going to do with the quarterback? they got to figure out that offensive line and do that. they got to figure out their defensive coordinator and defensive side of the ball. It was fucking pitiful, mm-hmm. okay? The Cardinals ran on them at will. You know, it looked like they were playing the Eagles the last week again, just whatever they want. Uh, yeah, this was a game that felt like Arizona should have won, uh, and they kind of blew their, their opportunities. Pete Carroll misses the playoffs for the fourth time in 14 seasons. They asked him if he plans to be back next season. He said, I do. I do. He married, I do. He married that I reporter. Do. He married I that am reporter. a football coach. I am a psycho. Oh, and they owe me probably somewhere <laughs> around $18 million next yeah. year. I'll be back. Sounds like fun <laughs> for me to keep doing the thing that I enjoy doing. Uh, and Arizona, I think you know we'll have time in the offseason to talk about them and what they might do. It seems like Kyler's their guy. Yeah. Right? Gannon said that. And this is a nice end of the year for them. Right. Definitely. It's so. a lot of the Chicago conversation. Yeah. Except they're, everybody's bought in on Kyler. I get the sense the Chicago fan base wants Justin Fields. You know, talking to radio people there, mm-hmm. from what you hear, they were chanting his name last week, all that. I get the sense they wanted that. But, yeah, Arizona, that's the same type of thing. You know, you got a good one. You got a good one. I don't know, you know, maybe Drake May or them would be better, but you got a good one. Build the fucking team around them, right? That's what I've been trying to say to people. That's what I said to Florio last week. We got some teams in the playoffs this year, you know? So how about do that? You know, I, and you want me to rattle them off just to give you an example? Go for it. I got it. Um, Browns, team, fourth quarterback, Joe Flacco, going to the playoffs. Team, mm. team first, right? Dolphins, right? Hey, we, we can't – it's not it, – okay, let's, we got to make a team. we got to put it around Tua and do it that way. Okay, the Colts, team. Gardner Mitchell is the quarterback, right? Oh, 
hey, we can't win a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. We don't want him. Let's get him the hell out of here. We don't want him. Oh, we cultivate him, put a team around him that fits him the right way. Oh, look at that, Jared Goff. Oh, the Goff, the Detroit Lions going to go to the Super Bowl, right? That, that's all. I mean, Tampa, Baker Mayfield sucks. He's the worst quarterback in the world. Works. He sucks. Mm-hmm. Get him out of the league. Oh, wait, he's had a somewhat good team that knows how to manage him a little bit. Oh, damn, they're going to the playoffs. Oh, okay. You know, I could kind of say the same thing about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts wasn't Jalen Hurts before that we know. They, were, they had a phenomenal team. He grew into this. Now he's a star of the sport, right? Oh, hey, you know, Seahawks, we talked about them a little bit. Team, Gino. Gino's a backup his whole life. Now he's on a little bit of a team. Looks pretty good. I know they didn't make it, but you get my point, yeah. right? Yeah. It's about the team. Too many teams are looking for, I want to strike gold and just get the one guy, and then I don't have to work ever again. And I want to be like, there's seven of them in the history of football. Good fucking luck. I mean, come on. Yeah. Right? Build the team. That's all I'm saying. Pete wanted you to throw in uh, Brock Purdy into that conversation, but I don't want to. Well, There's uh, too much stuff coming back. Don't even, don't even, t- yeah, don't even no, talk no. about that. No, no. But he's, uh, he's saying, he's saying <laughs> team. Well, yeah, he's no, just saying team. It right. doesn't mean Purdy's not awesome. Correct. It's just that. Like, yep. again, you know, people were trying to tell us they should keep Jimmy Garoppolo. Now we're going to be like, is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be a third stringer next year? I mean, come on. Right? It, their team is what's working out there. It's great to have a superstar quarterback, a guy that can carry the load. There's only a few of those out there. So my thing is, if you got one that's pretty damn good, ride with it and then build it around him. I think you could say the same thing about the Saints team because they scored 48 points yeah. against the Atlanta Falcons. 48-17 was the final. Uh, they needed some help to get in. They did their job. They did not get the help they needed. They did outscore the Falcons in the second half, 31 nothing. This was a route. Derek Carr, four touchdown passes, uh, no interceptions. And then at the end of the game, Dennis Allen said to take a knee. And Jameis Winston and the team on the field had other ideas. They go, we don't want to do that. We want to give Jamal Williams a touchdown. So they did that. And so uh, Arthur Smith got mad at Dennis Allen, swore at him got a couple mad. of times. Got mad. He said, hey. he said swears. You want, me to know, you, want me to know, you want me to tell you what he said? No, no, no. no, oh, no okay. yeah, we, I could tell you what he said. Our beeping person doesn't want to do that either. <laughs> uh, and then after the game, Dennis Allen apologized. He goes, they went rogue on me. I didn't want to do that. But those guys, those guys did it out there. Go, yell, go F-bomb them. Yeah, it's, um, weird. it's a weird one. You know, the players shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't have. But at the same time, it's a locker room and it's players. And that's kind of what they do at times. Like, Jameis Winston's going to be a legend in the, hot, in the, in the locker room because yeah. they're going to be like, oh, Jameis said, fuck you, coach. Uh, yeah. Jamal hasn't had a touchdown all year. We're going to get him one touchdown. Yeah, he won't right? be a saint, but he'll be a legend. Yeah, well, that's the other reason he could do it, too, because he was like, I'm not going to be back here next year. I'm yeah. out of here. Right? So that's probably gave him the guts to do it as well. Yeah. Um, all in all, yeah, I mean, their offense kind of exploded today. Kind of the offense we were waiting to see for the most part of the year. And they had moments of that, definitely, right? This game was a lot of fun early on. For sure. Just to hit it on. It was back and forth. Desmond Ritter probably had the best first half of football he had the whole year. Best half of football in general. They were making big throws and big plays, and it was great. But then it was 17-7, and Ritter threw one of the dumbest interceptions of the year. I still don't know what he was looking at, what type of throw he was on a corner route to the left. And then Olavi catches the bounce-off-the-helmet touchdown. Then Ritter almost threw an interception and started to get shaky. Then the Saints, you know, like four-play drive touchdown, right? And then there was the the, the – it's 31-17. The Falcons drive down, and they're on the one-yard line, and Desmond Ritter has Bijan Robinson wide open for a touchdown. And he throws it way too late and throws it behind him. And it probably should have been a 100-yard pick six. But that was all she wrote. Yeah, the Falcons – I guarantee we'll be looking for a quarterback this offseason. That's for sure. And I don't know what the head coaching thing will be. I 
I kind of like Arthur Smith and the way they play football. I just think they're missing a like I, I'm, I'm, I'm. They have the team now. They just need someone that's above, you know, an above average quarterback. Okay, they're a little bit the opposite of the whole rant you just went and talked on. Like they got it, but their quarterback is below average NFL starter. I'm sorry, and I'm not saying that will be forever. Desmond yeah. Ritter certainly shows some qualities to be that guy. He just ain't that right now. And I don't think they're going to let him be the future of the organization. Yeah, six straight losing season for the Falcons. Arthur Smith said afterwards, we know the industry we're in. I love doing what I'm doing. This is the industry we're in. I love coaching. Obviously, this is not the result we wanted today or how the season ended. So perhaps you already know listening to this what Arthur Smith's This is the first year is. they had expectations. The yeah. last two years, they exceeded expectations. We were like, how the fuck did they go 7-10 and 10 with that team, right? This year, we went, ooh, they could win the NFC South. And they blew some games that they should not have, whether it was today, the Carolina Panther game a few weeks ago where the game's won. Their infield goal position is over, and he throws a horrible interception there. And, of course, we know we have some other ones to talk about that we could you know, keep piling on with. We end this with the quick hitters playing for pride because there was nothing else to play for yeah. in this one. And all these remaining games here, so quick hitter style, lightning round. I say that knowing that we probably will get into depth on some of these. But uh, Jets beat the Patriots 17-3. Uh, the Jets snapped that 15-game losing streak against New England. That is the subplot to is this the last game that Bill Belichick will coach they the New break England the Patriots. streak in Belichick's last game. I mean, what the <laughs> hell? Like, what a nice parting gift by the Jets. Uh, yeah, game was ugly. Brees Hall was the star of the show. Bailey Zappi sucks, okay? Um, I don't know what else to say there, all right? Belichick, the Patriots, it seems like it's all, yeah, the marriage is over. It seems like Belichick's going to have some people courting him for his efforts as a head coach, definitely, okay? And then, yeah, I don't know, the Patriots, I'll be interested to see where they go with the head coaching search, the quarterback situation, what happens with Mac Jones. They got talent on the defensive side of the ball. We know that. They do. Uh, but, yeah, it's I, – I honestly feel bad that we've waited this long to talk about it, that he didn't get a better send-off, right? It was the most unassuming, under-the-radar send-off for the greatest coach in American sports history that I've ever seen ever, right? And that's where it's a little crazy. Now, he yeah. does that to himself. He wore a hoodie on top of a hoodie – with a black mask on his face as he's walking <laughs> off. So it's hard yeah. to like be like, oh, look at him one more time. Is that even him? We didn't even know if it was but him. But it felt like it was a very – and with the weather being so cold and yeah. snowy there, it wasn't the proper tribute send-off for Bill Belichick. But it's not the right – probably, I mean, like a bad – like his worst season in a long time. Like I'm sure he didn't want that, right? Yeah. It's just like it's a weird time to – It is weird. It, it seems weird not to do a send-off, but it also seems weird in that setting, in that environment. He wouldn't the, want that. The season they had. I mean, I could literally see him like, you better not fucking be playing some fucking tribute video to me yeah. fucking uh, you know i could certainly see him being like that and making sure they didn't do anything like that uh the sport mexican wants to know on the other side of things what's the jets record if rogers played this year well i mean it's better it's like are they in the playoffs and the steelers aren't maybe like somewhere in that range you know i think it would have been like yeah they got in yeah we're in the playoffs so man I, th I just thought our offense would look better with Rodgers at quarterback. I thought we'd be better. Like, it was good, but I just thought with Rodgers and, like, Garrett Wilson would be better. And it's like, no, there's, there's a few other issues there, too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he's worth, he's worth a win or two, right? Now he just needs to work and get back playing and stop talking so much, honestly, in my opinion.
In the Chiefs and Chargers, you're not alone in that opinion. Oh, no, that no, too. Yeah, yeah. Chiefs and Chargers. Jimmy Kremel agrees. Uh, nothing to play for in this one. In fact, Mahomes and Kelsey did not play. But you know who did play in Who's the win that? for the Chiefs? Chris Jones. Cha-ching! He needed half a sack to reach 10 sacks on the season, and that would lock in his $1.25 million incentive. So we go inside the numbers, powered by AWS, on his 31st pass rush of the game. He got that sack. He got that million and a quarter. Uh, he had 12 pressures on 31 pass rushes, so he was trying to get it. Oh, he was. And so we're seeing the dots right here. Um, he reached a top speed. Look at this. is after the sack, and now this of, is the team celebrating with he him. He reached a top speed of almost 15 miles per hour on the celebration. You're right. Not the sack. On the celebration, which would be his second fastest speed on any play today. Oh, he gets up. Look at how everybody else's speed picks up because they're all running to him as he's running to the sideline That's where the, si- the sideline was all so excited. Hey, I, I mean – this is one of those where the team rallies around you. The team probably told him not to play during the week, but he was like, fuck you. I'm going to get a million dollars if I get a half a sack. And they were like, whoa, we want you to be healthy. He's like, well, then you should have paid me more and not gave me this type of contract, right? Because yeah. he's underpaid. The, D- the team, of course, is going to rally around him because they're going, wait, Chris Jones is only making this? He's like definitely one of the five best defensive players in football, right? I mean, he's in that conversation. I know he's not that exactly. He's around, around there, though. So... Yeah, these are the kind of things like a locker room rallies around and, and wants to see the guy get paid. He's a very good leader. He's got a very funny, cool personality. Uh, and good for him. Seriously, it, it really was. I was glad to see him get that bonus. And yeah, nice little nice little win by the Chiefs. Pulling it out. Go in with momentum. Uh, Powerbomb has a good question yeah. about this, though. He goes, damn okay, if everyone plays for each other and team is constantly preached with the big prize being the target, then why don't teams just pay their guys the incentives once the playoffs are locked in? Why risk some guys getting hurt for 26 yards, Puka Nakua, to make an extra 250000 or whatever? Uh, Puka Nakua's was more for the receiving record than it is but for he, an incentive. He brings uh, up a good point. It, it is you, a great point. You can't. Well, what if they don't get in the playoffs? And where do the incentives go? But like Chris Jones, the team's already going into the Playoffs. Oh, so and like, then you're saying like renegotiate a contract? No, or no, no, no. Just say so, we'll we'll pay you as if you got that tenth sack. Oh, d- they they could have done that. You're exactly right. They could have, but instead make like their, Joe Flacco. They yeah. paid him his bonus because they didn't play him today, and I think he got like eighty thousand dollars because if he had a few more snaps, he got more money, and they weren't going to get it. And they said, you know, we screwed you over. We're going to give you the money, but that usually only happens when it's like. $100,000 bonus, $200,000 bonus for your star player. When it gets to a million, what, point three or something like that, they go, now you got to get the fuck out there and earn it. So, We're that, means, write the so that means that the Chiefs front office was rooting against Chris Jones in this game today. <laughs> Maybe not the Chiefs front office, but the owner might have been. <laughs> it's his money. Yeah. Uh, all right, so the the, uh, the Chiefs get the win there. They go in with momentum now. That's the important thing. They go in with momentum into the playoffs uh, on Peacock, exclusively five ninety nine per month. Uh, Bengals got the win over the Browns. Neither team had anything to play for. We told you already about the Browns being the five seed, playing the Texans on Saturday on NBC. Uh, old Greg 001, let's give him the comment okay. on this one. He goes, we need to acknowledge the Browns are a different team on the road. They're 8-1 and one at home, 3-5 and five on the road. They allow 13.8 points per game at home. In an NFL worst, 29.5 points per game on the road. Flacco has a career record of, wow, he's done some deep diving research. Uh, Flacco's much better at home than on the road. He notes here, which the numbers bear that out, he goes, putting my life savings on Texans plus two. Whoa, damn. 
I would not. I do not endorse that. Well, no. At first all. of no, no. Old Greg, how much do you have as life savings? Like, if it's only like a few bucks, go for it. Go for it. Yeah. If it's too, if it's over, if it's one point two five million dollars, don't do that. Yeah. It, it. You know. Again. Cleveland's D is special. Some of the what away game struggles. Like I look at like the Rams, the Broncos game. The Rams got two late touchdowns. Flacco threw a ball into triple coverage, if we don't remember, and they returned it. It wasn't really the Browns' defense, okay? The Seahawks game, I remember that. That was bad management by the coach and some stupid turnovers by their offense as well that led to the 24 points, right? There was some of that. Um, You know, this is a team that did go on the road in Baltimore and beat the Ravens, so... I'm I'm not ready to say that by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I, I think a little bit of the timing in the season, the matchup they played, some of the injuries in the field led a little bit to the, um, what do I want to say, oh, road game losses is what I was trying to say there. But I, I think this is, you know, my thoughts. Um, Super Bowl defense, 2015 Broncos. That's really what I look at. And I think they are the number one team that can upset the Baltimore Ravens. From going to the Super Bowl, a hundred percent. And who wrote this? Was uh, at Power Bomb. All right, at Power Bomb. Oh, Wait, who was? No, oh, at, at old, old Greg. Greg old one. One. This is at yeah. old Greg. Old at old Greg. Old one. <laughs> Don't put your life savings on it. But like, let's just you and me bet a friendly twenty. I'll take the. I'll Whoa. take the Cleveland Browns. You take the Texans. Wow. All right? And then you can do whatever you want with the rest of your money somewhere else. But just you and me. Okay. I'll, I'll go Browns. He can go Texans. And, of course, this is not easy for me. This is my man crush quarterback right. against my man crush defense. But so, I like the Browns. So, old Greg, you can bet your life savings minus $20. Because that $20 <laughs> is got come here, for Chris Sims. We got a bet, old Greg, zero zero one. Come on, buddy. Wednesday we'll talk more about that matchup, more about the Browns, too. There, One final game to talk about. Raiders defeat the Broncos 27-14. Ant dot 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 has the million-dollar question that may have already been answered when you're listening to this podcast. Has yeah. Antonio Pierce done enough to get to coach this team moving forward, or would you still try and land Harbaugh or another candidate? Uh, it's it's really tough, right? Because it's like you got to come to the uh, – Antonio Pierce has done a lot of good. I certainly wouldn't be mad at the Raiders if they made him the head coach, right? I think there's a little bit also, though, of like if you're Mark Davis, you're a little bit like, all right, I mean – you know, did we? Yeah, he added a little energy during the year. He rallied the troops. We were kind of looked at as like, ah, we're the Raiders. We're not that good. Is this something that can be sustained in the future? I guess is what I'm saying. Do we believe in this being sustained in the future over guys that we know can sustain and build teams and have been successful before, right? And know how to run an organization. And a guy like Harbaugh, national championship game, Super Bowls, been to both, right? He's a proven commodity. That's where it's a tough decision. Players, coaches, all like Antonio Pierce. The results on the field seem the right way. He's got the Raiders attitude, right? Certainly fits that. They played hard. So there's a lot of positives there. But I think you just got to look at it and go, wait, is it a kind of an in-season energy bump and he rallied the troops? Now, do we think we can really be a real force with a full offseason and him coaching the team and putting the X and O's together? You know, that's for them to know. I don't know. But, yes, he's done enough. He has. And I think, ah, that's a tough one. 
They had a similar situation not long ago, with right? Rich with Rich Versace. Who it's, finished it's, the year strong. Made it, the playoffs, right? Yeah, made the playoffs. Barely lost to the Bengals. I mean, they got tackled at the one-yard line. They're going to beat the Bengals who went to the playoffs. I went to the Super Bowl that year. Yeah. So uh, pretty crazy. I guess I, uh, my answer, though, without waffling, I would, I think I would keep them. I would. So that's the big question this offseason for the Raiders. The big question for the Broncos, who will be Sean Payton's quarterback in 2024? Yeah, that's, that is the big question. They, Sean Payton, they might be aggressive, try to go get somebody in, in the draft. I wouldn't be shocked if they made an aggressive move. They, don't ha- like that. they can't have that much capital, though. No, they, they don't have a ton. To your right. Far. You know? They're going to – Russell Wilson, how that plays out, I would expect him to be traded at some point, right? Traded. Maybe he's going to have to be released. I don't know. Maybe some team's going to go, we're not taking over his contract. So that's going to be interesting. I don't know where the quarterback situation goes. Uh, I do, you know, like we talked about in the past, guys like Tannehill, maybe he gets him as a bridge quarterback. Does he get a guy like Mac Jones? Like if he's free from the New England Patriots, those are some of the names I brought up in my past, right? He he would fit that Drew Brees mold. Uh, I don't know. We'll be interested, but that will certainly be the number one thing for Sean Payton and the Broncos is to find a quarterback that can run his offense. That is what it came down to. He went, you're paying me all this money. And I can only run 10 of my plays. I have like a 1,000 more that are awesome. But I can only run 10 because this guy wants to look at the rush and doesn't want to run too many plays and wants to play backyard football. And I think that's ultimately where he said I had enough of Russell Wilson. All right, so we said this was going to be a, a short one because some of these games we didn't need to talk about at all. We were wrong. Yeah, we I mean, you're a horrible again. host. You always lead me down the route of conversation. <laughs> you really I, I asked one more question, and you're like, that's actually a good point. And then you go, <laughs> far too long. No, it was perfect. It was perfect, yeah. Pete, we, we yelled at Pete to be short, and he was not. Yes. So we blame Pete for all of this. Well, but. Pete, as he was walking away, he goes, really, Chris, it's on you. He goes, it's on you. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. The cackler. <laughs> all right, so Wednesday. We'll keep it short on Wednesday. Yeah, sure we will. All right, Wednesday, you know what happens. It's wild card previews, a little bit of what the fuck happened and what the fuck will happen. I'll try to clean up Ahmed's language on that podcast. He's so dirty mouth. all right? Everybody... Enjoy the next few days. Feel for Ahmed Farid nervous in his Monday night couch yeah. with the Penix, Washington oh, Huskies, yes. lefty, throwing bombs all over the Wolverines. I'm going to be rooting for Washington to keep, make it uncomfortably close just so you squirm a little. I'm just letting you know. Just uh, What's that? Arthur, Arthur Smith, Smith has fired. been fired. Okay. Look at that on the way out. See you later. All right, everybody. You're going to see us Wednesday. Arthur Smith has been fired. Wow. Okay. What a downer way Damn. to end the podcast. Jameis Winston ended his career handing the ball off to Jamal Williams. <laughs> what a jerk. <laughs> Unbelievable. But you know where to find us. Keep sending in the thoughts, the questions. Uh, we love you guys out there. Subscribe, rate, review. Ahmed, you the man. You're All right. Best. Playoff times, everybody. Here we go. Be ready. It's some of the best weekends of the year. We'll catch you on Wednesday. Peace out. Clap, Clap it, it up. up. While no one knows what tomorrow may bring, Bridgestone is working toward a more positive outlook. With innovations like developing a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials. It's just one of the many ways Bridgestone is making a difference today, for generations to come. Because that's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic 
in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks.